Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. DJ Pie to my left, Big Randy across the table. Uh, we set out some questions like we usually do when recording wrap-up podcasts or whatever, and about 90% of the people here just were really itching to talk about Matt Kuchar's four-shot win here at the Sony Open in Hawaii. How It just has really polarized Twitter and has really gotten people, you know, Calling people names and putting into question people's journalistic integrity. What do you guys? What do you guys think of the controversial win? It was an impressive win. It was an God, impressive. He golfed win. his ball down the stretch. Yeah, no doubt. First of all, I think we might need to change the Jay Z uh, intro music from. <laughs> well, it, it? It, it is not officially Jay Z intro music. That's true. Yeah, yeah Jay Z inspired intro music. Yeah. to uh, the song I believe he was quoting, which was thirty something, but he he kind of misquoted it. But which is very on brand to misquote yes. a song. Uh, for for Kuchar, but did he think that was going to be cool quoting Jay Z on the 18th green? For sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a you know you got to we're living in the live under par era here. Nothing gets the kids fired up quite like Jay Z. Well, it's a little cheeky in a uh, yeah. You know, so. a lot of people are saying the uh, statute of limitations is up on the Justin Huber story from the uh, the, the America's Cup on the Kuchar quote, but. Can't can't let that one go just yet. Um, maybe if you someday if you meet us in person, maybe we'll tell you that 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 uh, what's behind that bleep, uh, which is bleep for a reason. I think that's in that when we put up the NL the NLU paywall. That's going to be the only thing behind it. <laughs> um, I'm sad to see the end of the uh, the Rolfing SCN. He uh, he true. brought the his Rolf, best up. The Rolfing swing is over. It was a big moment there on Sunday when the when the whales started breaching. That was that was pretty much Rolfing bingo. Literally bucking got, their heads. Yeah, yeah, that was bingo. I yeah. uh, big Randy called out from the couch he i've never seen him get so excited except for when jimmy well, buffett came exactly. on exactly yeah fins to the right randy am i right God. you want to clarify this i'm a huge, what is there to clarify oh, yeah, i'm a huge parrot head <laughs> <laughs> once my first show riverbend cincinnati 97 i don't know I why hooked. this started but randy does this stupid thing where he'll just pick things that i'm a fake fan of and he'll tweet about them and like Murphy Brown was one of them. He just kept tweeting about how I was obsessed with Murphy Brown. And I think finally, I you know finally got him back with the, this with is the Jimmy a good Buffett. One. And people, Listen, this it's is a, a good performance one. art. I don't think people know if it's true or false. There was a lot of people. That was kind of the goal. There was a lot of people who were like, "Yeah, doesn't surprise me at all." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, some guy perfect. on Twitter said he's lost respect for me." <laughs> <laughs> See you, Randy. Yeah, uh, the jail cell. Well, pals. to answer your question though, why I do it? Because it's hilarious. Yeah, it's funny. It is. It's just it felt good to. Felt good to get a body blow. Yeah. <laughs> On a more serious note, we will get to what uh, what ninety percent of the questions really were about. Which uh, I, it's hard. I don't know where to start with this. This is going to be the Kucher Caddy Mayakoba story. Uh, we're going to try to lay it out all the facts we know. Try to separate the conjecture from the facts, which it's mostly conjecture at this point. Correct. Um, he did win in Mexico. That's a fact. He did win that. Correct. He received almost one point three million dollars for that. Which correct. First, I'm hearing of this. That is a that's a shitload. That's of money a huge purse that, on the PGA yeah, Tour. Yeah. I had no idea they had exactly. that kind of money for that event. Um, Tom L Toucan was his caddy. That's correct. Right. We have confirmed that. Uh, Tom Gillis went to Twitter and uh, took to social media. Took to social media and alleged 
that Matt Kuchar paid his caddy $3,000 after winning the Mayakoba this fall. Alleged, um, alleged this as it was like a very open secret amongst players and caddies and, and all of that. It was... You know, he he. It wasn't like he heard it from one person. It was kind of the vibe he gave. He gave off. He did say that he. Uh, I I wrote it here. He is. He does not have it directly, but he has it from somebody who has talked to the caddy directly, which is hearsay. But uh, <laughs> by definition, listen, yes, yeah. it is. Um, but so we, you know, we did a little crowdsourcing on this. Asked a few people around, and there appears to be. We are not confirming or denying. Where there's smoke, there's fire to this. A lot of people are of the belief that this happened. Um, Matt Kuchar was asked about it. He said, that's not a story. It wasn't 10%. It wasn't 3,000. It's not a story. And that's the quote. Again, a lot to unpack here. Brandel took to social media to argue <laughs> that uh, $3,000 was fair pay for a uh, a week of caddying for a victory. Which is a very strange hill to die. Yeah, I, I was, uh, that was a <laughs> yeah. bizarre one. <laughs> Uh, respect Brandel's right to his opinion, of but course. don't agree with that. Um, he might so, be too deep in the Adam Smith and some <laughs> of the other, uh, you know, and the, so, the more, invisible, more, more free market uh, economists. So, the invisible uh, hand is bucking its head at yeah, Golf Channel right now. Yeah. So I, I can understand why a lot of people that are more in the public eye than Tom Gillis would not want to comment on this story. So breaking it down a little bit, I think uh, just to give people some background in the way that I at least I understand caddy arrangements could, of course, be wrong. But kind of depends on what you pay. You usually pay a caddy a flat fee for the week. And then there's some kind of it's not like an automatic ten percent of your earnings go straight to your caddy. Now usually it's a very old way of thinking about yes, it. Yes. Like, when money was not what the money is. Correct. Now. <laughs> now a normal structure is either like a ten eight six agreement or a ten seven five, meaning you pay ten percent of a win to a caddy, or either eight or seven percent for a top ten or five or six percent. Uh, for any other cash finish and kind of depends on what the flat fee is or basically it's it, everybody sets their own rates and there's not like a set agreement i guess for anyone so and i think the biggest disconnect here is and what brandall was saying is a 10 percent of a win that that is the rate for your your normal caddy your which guy, i agree with your guy or gal who's out there every week traveling around leaving their family at home like blah 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 nobody i don't think nobody is saying that 10% to a local caddy is a given or, you know, it's, it's some people a, think that it should or, or anything like that. Some people listening are like, Oh, well, if you're going to pay your own caddy 10%, might, you might as well pay this guy 10%, which again, this is a private matter. I would not, I agree with private Brandel's argument of like, it's not in the police report though. <laughs> there is kind of a built in, like somebody you pay somebody who is going on the road with you and riding out all yeah. these stops with you. Like when you win, like that is a bonus for that person for sure. going through that. So I don't necessarily think Kucher should have written this guy a check for $130,000. And I think that's there's, but there's a big gap between $130,000 and $3,000, which, which is alleged, which is all that Kucher clarified for the record. He said it wasn't 10% and it wasn't 3000. Maybe it was 2000. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good point. <laughs> So yeah, there's a lot to kind of unpack here. If this is true, that three thousand, I think that's a pretty bad look. I think that's that's pretty horrific. I think if it's true, don't know if it's true. I want to stress that <laughs> repeatedly here. Allegedly, this is very alleged, and nobody has gotten confirmation on this. Uh, if it's true, my assumption would be that they made an arrangement before the week. They said something like. I'm going to pay you X no matter what, and I'll pay you Y if we win. And, you know, the caddy was probably, if again, 
if this is true. And that was the arrangement. The caddy probably said, cool, that sounds great. Let's go do it. And then after the fact, everyone was kind of like, oh, well, you really should have gotten more than that, blah, 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 blah. That kind of seems like the most likely scenario if this is true. Mm -hmm. Agree or disagree? Yeah, Uh, I agree. I think it, I I honestly have no idea how these things usually go, but I do know it's a normal thing that if you have a local caddy, it's it's not a, just a guarantee. I know Sergio won in... Somewhere yeah, with like someone from the CBS crew. Or yeah, something. with somebody, At Wyndham, I think. and he, it was somebody that read no putts for them, yeah. and he, he, I think it was even made public that he did not pay that caddy ten percent. Which the question is, yeah, what did hashtag Chad get when he won with Wesley Bryan on the bag? I think he got ten percent. That is a good question. We might have to go to the source on that one. But I think it first of all because there is the toothpaste is out of the tube i think here like i i wouldn't we wouldn't really even mention this if it wasn't already too late i mean it's it's it, people are talking about which, this which kind of sucks if it yes. i mean not kind of it really sucks if it's if it's, if it's not true if it's totally not true <laughs> it really sucks that's where i mean i was you know imagine how you know randy think about how you're feeling everybody thinking you're a big jimmy buffett guy <laughs> imagine that even i would say even on a greater scale you know <laughs> Some would say. Imagine what Kush must be going through if this is if this is not true. This is where it gets awkward. Like we play a role in that. Then I mean, exactly. We're laying out all the facts, though. Somebody's going to have to go talk to the caddy, right? I mean, some yeah. real journalist is going to have to talk to the caddy. And I mean, everyone else is having this conversation about. It. I don't feel bad talking about it at this point because Kuchers commented on it. And if he is ale- if if Kuchers has paid him three thousand dollars and then lied about it. Also, a really, really bad look. Correct. So I tend to believe him. I don't. I think there is probably something to this. It might have been three k. Might have been six k. I have no idea. I think there is definitely the caddy is probably likely feeling stiffed in some way, whether that's justified. If they had an agreement going to the week, I, that we don't know any of those details. Now, I do know that it also has been discussed that he has a reputation for this and a lot of different other facets of life, which again cannot confirm or deny. But uh, it is kind of like a. I guess a known thing, which I didn't really know until this past weekend. But in talking to a lot of people, they they kind of say similar things. Yeah, I don't. It's so hard. Like I, I don't want to. I don't want to waffle, and I don't want to, you know, be the guy who's on the fence or, or not going to say anything. But it's like, fuck, man. If we don't, if you don't know, it's so hard to to say one way or the other or, or what's going on. And and I mean, all of us have have heard a million golf rumors, and you hear the ones that you know are fake. And they spread to everybody, and they spread to right. every golf fan. And again, like I, I don't know, this it honestly does seem kind of believable to me, just based on based on kind of everything we've heard and everyone we've talked to and whatever. But I've also seen it go so far and so fast the other way so quickly that it's like it's just not it's not really even worth it's, it's not worth scary weighing in on yeah until how you, Twitter until took you that know anything yeah exactly that quote unquote news or those tweets and like just ran with it and yeah. has, it has been a a uh, public execution of Cooch before <laughs> I think it was which again if we find out it is true I'll be the first one yes. roasting I, I could that would be the most fun firing squad <laughs> to be in but God, it seems like there's a couple more steps that there's got to be more here. to this story. Yeah. Well, so a couple questions then. What amount would appease you? Like, like what amount could Kucher have paid the caddy El Toucan? Uh, what minimum amount would have would appease you? And then two, I think obviously Kucher's perception in the game and the image he's built it plays a huge role in this story being a story. 
with that, I think, you know, his career earnings being something like $45 million, that plays a little bit of a role as well. Plays a lot of bit of a role. Yeah. 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 So... I you know I don't know the answers to those questions. I think if he if he had ripped him off a check for thirty thousand yeah, dollars, there's that was a no chance it's a story. Twenty five and fifty, and one there's got to just be something that first of all the difference between first and second place is what six hundred thousand five hundred thousand yeah. dollars. So if that guy saved you one, I think he won by one. If that guy gave you saved you one shot and he made you an extra half a million dollars, like <laughs> ripping him off like two point five percent of your winning check doesn't seem at all not, especially when you know it would change that guy's life. Yeah, like that. I'm not saying that's a minimum amount, but I'd be like, yeah, that seems like a totally fair amount to pay somebody. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm just thinking of maybe the most analogous situations in my life in it'd probably be sitting down at like a blackjack table where I think if I want a hand of a hundred dollars, which I don't know if I ever have, (laughs) I have the worst luck in blackjack. Um, yeah. Flipping the dealer, you know, two fives, 10 bucks on that is, it it would seem like, you know, no, no no big deal. Yeah. Something you should do. And that's, you know, that's off a hundred bucks to somebody, Whose who's checking account is not quite as flush um, as as Mr. Kucher. I, I will say this too. It's close, you're the CFO. Yeah, I will say this too. Is is that I I like stories like this because I think golf needs more drama. Like I'm <laughs> I'm I don't like it. You know, I'm sure Kucher doesn't like it, and it kind of sucks for him to have this aired in public. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah, <laughs> but as somebody, unless it's true, as as somebody who is you know dying for a reason to tune into the Sony open on a Saturday or Sunday uh, is, you know, looking for storylines, people to root for root against uh, anything to make the sport a little bit more interesting on a uh, personal level, I think is good in a macro sense in a weird way. You know, who loves this story, the chaos theory for sure. Yeah. This is the ultimate chaos. theory. Like, I don't even know if we could would have done a podcast tonight. If this didn't come out, there's not a, that yeah. much to talk about with the Sony open. Uh, we did get a question um, from Lord Michael D. Who is the worst tipper out of the NLU crew? I don't really know your guys' tipping habits. Je- Randy, say, you sound pretty generous with your your ten percent of your your winnings from the blackjack table. Listen, I, I'm sure I have under tipped at some point. I know I don't do a good job at hotels. I feel like one of my big resolutions in 2019 is to tip the uh, room the the people who clean your room. Just leave you know leave a bill. For them at the end of the stay, um, that's honestly something I didn't even know was a thing until recently. I, I know that this is a thing, but I don't know people that do this. Like I've never, I'm well, kind Tron of with you on that. As a, as a former as hotelier. A hotelier yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Just, f- there are certain things where, you know, if you've ever worked in the service industry, I think you just become really attuned to certain things. You know, being a cart guy um, at a golf course, it's like, gosh, you just appreciate Even if it's two bucks from a guy, like, hey, thanks, yeah. man. Um, it means a lot. And so I, I try to be conscious of that now that I'm somewhat on the other side. I would sure. say uh, I'll, I can fall on the sword as the worst tipper if you guys want, just because. Well, thank God. We, not, were, we didn't want to say it, man. <laughs> Jesus, you're not, a cheap ass. Not as a credit card. Not on a credit card. Uh, I'm, I will happily over tip on a credit card for the exact reason you said because i've worked in restaurants oh, he's a millennial and doesn't carry cash I never 
ever have cash. I You're always, 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 always forget to get cash. And so I'll, 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 I'll take it for that. And I'm right there with you. There've been, and that's why I say it's like I'm for sure I'm not perfect. And I feel like some of that's like I literally don't have the <laughs> yeah. cash on me. I, I feel so bad. I try to talk to some of the the cart guys at Timaquan. I'm like, you guys need Venmo. First I've, of all. I've Venmoed people. As, you have as a tip. Before. Okay. I'm like, dude, I don't have any cash, but I like I would love to give you something. Can I Venmo you? What about? Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. People what about takeout? Like, do you guys tip when you take out ever? Or if you go yeah, somewhere? I do. I do. You do? Like I a full 10%, 20%? No, what no, is no, it? small. Just yeah. to let them know you're thinking about it. Okay. You know? What it's about- usually around 10% for me. Maybe sometimes, like, you know, it depends. What about like a sandwich shop, like a $10 sandwich? Are you tipping it? Like I Southern usually, Grounds? I usually throw, I throw I them a always, buck. Yeah, okay. I leave them a buck. Because yeah. it gives you that option on the, on yeah, the screen. Yeah. It's like 15, 20, or 25%. It's like, wait a second here. Like... I don't know about right, maybe I'm the I worst. Might rescind, I might rescind the crown. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way. But I talk to people like, no, I never tip on takeout, but I'll, I'll usually do slightly less than ten percent, well, maybe or something like. So that. this is it. Kind of ties a bow on on this issue uh, a little bit. And again, like I I don't have a ton else to say other than like if it's true, yeah. I, I would love to weigh in more. But until we know more, it's it's so hard to. It's like show the. What are you gonna say? Until we have a receipt, until we have like we're (laughs) not gonna we're not gonna have that. Let's be honest. So it's it's it is gonna be a story until Kucher comes. Unfortunately, until he comes out and shows here's the payment I made, or until someone talks to the caddy and he can say, yeah, this is what I got. A quick break because we need to talk about Callaway's new Apex irons, which are redefining players irons unmatched field we, we, we've got we've got Hold some on. redefining yeah, we me, need to do yeah, yeah. Oh, let, me, let me stop you right there <laughs> okay. Charlie. i got i got one question about these right. apex irons do they cure the shanks i hope so i hit a pure one today with my x forge i swore i would never change from the x forged irons but i did hit the new apex pros when we were out there in san diego the 360 face cup technology generates industry leading distance which is what i was looking for because the x forge go crazy far and i'm looking for the apex pros to get a little closer there's a big gap between sure. the previous apex pros i hit in the x forge but these go a lot further uh you can see are you an apex pro or you're an apex I, I play guy? apex yeah okay. i play the, the regular apex uh I, look i don't have a lot of strengths in my game my irons plays my iron plays pretty good and since i've gotten the apex irons i uh yeah it, it's only gotten better it Tungsten weighting in each iron fine-tunes the launch trajectory, delivers tremendous control. Uh, you can see perfection in every shot with the new Apex and Apex Pro at your local golf retailer or visit CallawayGolf.com slash Apex 2019. See what makes Callaway the number one irons in golf. Let's get back to the action. Anyways, what I was going to say was, you know, we've, we talked to a player last year. We had played a golf course, Tali and I were playing, and we got a caddy who was like, oh, so-and-so player. Uh, high profile player was here last week uh, and I caddy for him and we're like oh cool that must have been fun he's like yeah dude he's fucking cheap though man like he, he really stiffed me and we're like oh man that's that's a bummer like that's that sucks and we talked to the guy later and we're like how much like that guy said you stiffed him like how much did you give him he's like no what like I gave him two hundred dollars yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so the yeah. point being this uh, this sliding scale can get kind of out of control with celebrities i'm not saying that's the case there's a track record with kuchar who knows blah 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 but 
a lot of these people can have like unfair context projected on them as Correct. well. Like, you've made $45 million. You should be giving me a thousand on this sandwich. For sure. Whatever. Sometimes you can yeah. never win. Yeah. Which, yeah, especially when your whole, again, I'm not throwing a pity party for Kucher, but <laughs> your whole life is literally like everybody knows how much money you make and is probably expecting something. Correct. Anybody that works for you in any way and is serving you probably expects more than a normal tip, blah, blah, blah. So, um, I will I, say this last thing, and it's kind of a non sequitur, but one of the best uh, lessons I learned working at a golf course uh, a few years back up in Michigan, the pro, you know, he'd comp some guys rounds, and the first thing he would do the next day is he'd ask, you know, the bag staff, hey, did they did that guy take care of you? And if, if they didn't, you know, like if you're getting a free round of golf and then you don't take care of, of the caddy or the bag staff, you're cut off. It's like, yeah, Dude, he's not getting comp. Golf ever anymore. since you told that story, I'm like super conscious. So, I'm thinking back, like, man, I hope I've covered everything. Yeah. Like, and that's, you know, as we've been fortunate enough to have some comp golf here and there, it's the one thing I'm like, God, you, you got to take care of, of the bag staff and all the other service staff if you're getting free golf because that's, you know. That's and when in doubt, round up. Like I still, exactly. I used to work in the car barn and like I can name the members by name that were good for a five spot every time. And like the guys that when they would drink and win, they would slide you a 20. <laughs> and like when they won men's league, they slide you a, slide you a hundred bucks. I can name those guys. God, that makes me yeah. miss working at a golf course. Oh, so spot on. Yeah. Oh. And you, well, you you're could rooting, like recognize Nice, their car exactly. pulling in, and it'd be exactly. like a race to the trunk. Yeah, <laughs> which we probably thought we were all like super sly, but they could probably see right through. It's sure. like, oh, this guy's just yeah. kissing my ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I do not want to see tape of me and how I was treating, the, like how much ass I was kissing. Can you re- can you reenact it in any way? Uh, yeah, give it, Mr. Let's Smith. Let's just say, Mr. Uh, hey, Mr. Smith, how are you? Uh, yeah, beautiful day, huh? You know what? Uh, Feeling pretty good. You, I see you're playing uh, Mr. Jones tonight. That should. I think. I think you should be okay. I was watching him hit balls between he, you and me. Yeah, between you and me. He's okay. We'll get you're, you set up fine. on a card yeah, right yeah, over I'll here. Get you. you need anything else? Can I get you get those cleaned up for you or anything? Or uh, you good? Okay. Well, would you ever inquire about the families? Hey, how's Mrs. Smith? How are the kids? <laughs> no, that's, I, I don't know about that. That might be a bridge too far. We, I like to keep. Listen, I keep it professional. I'd always make sure I'd point out that I got some wet towels on the of extra course, wet towels sure. on the card yeah, for yeah. him, just in case. They needed them. <laughs> Did you ever daydream? We had this one guy uh, when we were in college who was like a notorious like twenty bucks every time. Um, one time I found like a full um, dozen uh, golf balls, brand new, in the back of his car. I'm like, hey, you know, we'll call Mr. Smith. Hey, Mr. Smith, you forgot your golf balls? Yeah, I keep them. Um, <laughs> He was a drug dealer. Randy. And so, yeah, well, myself and the other car guys, God, we used to like have these, you know, daydreams like, dude, what if he like asks us like come in his helicopter one time? Like, what if he's like, you know what? Hey, you want to like, you know, you, like you build these like fantasies, like he's totally going to like, you know, offer us a chopper ride or something. Oh man. Rest in peace, Riviera. Cause the guys that rolled through there, like we would find like some guys like were legitimately high profile bookies and you'd find like betting sheets and left in the cart and you're like, but just turn an eye to it, throw yeah. them away. I got. I I don't see anything that's coming through here. But well, rest in peace to uh, yeah, the Oak Club of Genoa as well, which is kind of a segue into yes. Uh, Look at this piece, professional well, segue. Just a piece that we were we were talking about a lot this week. Uh, Wall Street Journal uh, posted it. It was a piece by Candace Taylor, was the writer. I'm not familiar with her work, but always kind of fun when outsiders dive into golf and kind of take a harsh. A harsh look at it, but uh, you probably saw it going around Twitter or elsewhere. Uh, and basically, the the gist of it was 
kind of what happens when golf courses like when so many of these gated community golf courses were built in the late 90s early 2000s mid 90s whatever and uh just what happens to those places when the golf course closes uh we kind of ended last week's podcast i know by kind of poking fun at the whole quote you know golf is growing hashtag growing and thriving uh from the commissioner of the pga which we were making i think i made kind of an offhand comment i'm like yeah cool how many how many courses closed last year versus how many opened? And Randy, what was the number? Was about in the article. Yeah, they quoted the National Golf Foundation said there were more than two hundred course closures nationwide and only about fifteen new courses open. So there you have the answer to the question, which is tough. Yeah, but anyways, I just thought this was like a super interesting, super interesting story. And you can find it if you just Google. Uh, Wall Street Journal golf home owners or check Twitter or whatever. Yeah, the the the, the article's called Golf Homeowners Find Themselves in a Hole. And the the crux of it was when these golf courses go like they they get people to sign out of these houses uh by basically, you know, also kind of packaging up a golf membership with the HOA or with the whatever and when that golf course goes belly up, uh oh. Or, Basically, the property values completely go through the floor, and there's just so many courses like that, especially here in Florida, South Florida. There's so many of these like semi-retirement communities that just are in such a fucking weird spot right now, and it's just kind of a fascinating uh, topic. Yeah. Well, it's a little chicken and egg, too. I was going to say, not only sometimes the course closes first, but also as the article talks about you know these these people can't resell their homes they no you know the and of course it kind of talks about millennials or whatever millennials don't want to buy these homes and pay you know x above what the home should be for this golf membership and so sometimes you know these people just stop they they can't sell their home and so then they're like well i'm going to stop paying my country club membership and then the course and closes. then the course so it's this whole yeah, exactly. you know circular um, it's it's not good. The the, you know, us millennials are are <laughs> killing the game. Are are, are we in the sticking nest? it to the boomers? Well, this is kind of the shrink the dream. I was gonna shrink say shrink the game, wet dream. Are we in the right? nest? Like, should these golf courses be closing? So I think where it gets complex uh, is I, I was talking to somebody on Twitter about it, and it's like as a golfer and a hardcore golfer and kind of a snooty hipstery kind of golfer. No, self, no, self admitted. Uh, I'm not going to shed a tear for losing any of these kind of horrible golf courses that I probably wouldn't go play anyways, uh, or, or haven't gone and played. However, however, uh, the fact that these things going down are going to take so like so many good, genuine people's life savings and home equity and all this stuff is just going to take a fucking bath uh because of a lot of this stuff and it's like well okay you know we're not rooting for that you're not rooting for that but it's like well you know it's like someone diehard welcome to the party pal it's been going on for 11 years (laughs) yeah exactly and it's like somebody said the same thing you know if you it's like buy a house next to a forest and the forest gets chopped down like you know you shouldn't have bought that house or whatever and it's i don't know i I don't have any answers i just thought it was a really complex like complex interesting uh interesting article and something that's kind of I think gonna happen a lot more than less over the next five years. Well, I think it's just kind of really without having done a full study of it, like it's indicative of of what was being built in the US basically from World War II, like through the nineties before kind of this somewhat 
of a renaissance period was it was just golf courses were built to sell homes and it it's a, the bubble's bursting basically on that and people are kind of figuring out that that's not the most fun golf courses to play and once people are people's eyes are open to different other styles of golf courses you start to learn oh yeah it's not that fun to be like in either someone's yard on the left or someone's yard on the right and you can't walk the course because it's weaving through this neighborhood and blah 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 and yeah i mean listen i walked a i went and checked out old riviera country club in dublin when i was back home for christmas and it is a neighborhood now it's been closed for four years and i i was on google maps like google earth with a historic image trying to figure out where i was standing like it's totally gone and i hated it but i started to look at it. i was like look at how many kids are out in the street playing and like how many people will grow up on this pro- like use of like it's a better use of land to build houses than yeah. play golf on it like let's be honest we love golf but like it is a infinitely better use of land to let people live on it than us like to play a sport on it and I think that's the whole shrink the game mindset a little bit. <laughs> yeah, is let's not artificially prop these things up. If you know, if there's better use, if there, if the, if it's not working, it's not working. Right. Um, and that's where I, I think where an article like this gets kind of tough for me is that, and this is like anything else, and every other industry is far more complicated than this one probably. But uh, people can kind of use it as a straw man argument for whatever they want and they can assign whatever meaning to to it that they want and the article even does that a little bit where it's like you know millennials are not playing golf so that's why these things are closing it's like well no millennials like they're not going to buy a five hundred thousand dollar house in like a gated community in the suburbs either like that's not really on the rise either so that's to your point it's kind of like chicken and egg and it's the same thing where you know you get the the total opposite end of the spectrum is well, if there was more width and angles, then, you know, this place wouldn't have closed. I'm like, well, I don't know if that's necessarily true either. It's like, yeah, that's that's a very small number of people feel that way or even would recognize that they feel that way. Uh, anyways, it, I think a good project for 2019, if, if we can, would just be to take like a really deep dive look at a subject like this because it's fascinating. It's kind of like the biggest threat to golf in general is like how many of these people that live on these houses or live on these... Uh, in these houses on these courses when the course goes away and i look at my own hometown as a perfect example of this you know my hometown course closed and now the people that lived on that course are they driving 30 miles to go play golf somewhere else like yeah maybe but are they playing as much as they did before definitely not Mm -hmm. so it's like when you look at the number of rounds played versus the number of people playing them and stuff it's i don't know there's some pretty scary numbers that would definitely indicate uh the Randy's inverse dream of, is coming through. the inverse of growing and thriving <laughs> yeah it, it is i i think we could do a whole podcast on, on this it, it and that is a great idea dj I, I would love to explore and i think golf is a bubble i mean i think we joke around about tiger was the best thing and the worst thing for the game of golf like mm-hmm. he he's now killing the game he's an exploding star yeah That's which just... is my favorite take right now um, <laughs> But we'll, sucking we'll have to all the mass out. and energy in, yeah. in, internally. It's the big bang. Once yeah. you reach a certain point, then it starts contracting back exactly. in on itself. Well, but I don't think it is a coincidence that the success of the newest courses that have, are being built are all in places that are, I don't want to say all, but mostly in places that are pretty remote. Like they are lands that are not being encroached by houses. And I mean, just naturally, like what happened with Riviera was neighborhoods were built all around it. And essentially there was this big block of of homes or a big block of grass where they could put homes. And so the value of the land skyrocketed because of what was developed all around it. 
And as you know, cities expand and get closer to these golf courses and develop all around them, the the, the value of that land is just going to go way up. Uh, as, as terms of the land the actual golf course sits right. on, especially if it's not related to the development around it, and that's kind of like what what prices these golf courses out to get to the point where it just doesn't make sense to play golf there anymore. And that's kind of the courses that are going to start dying yeah. off, and we just need to build them in more remote places. That, that's and I think like the the finances of golf just don't well, stop working at that point. Yeah, and that's where I think you know the the people I'm riding the hardest for you know just in the kind of little mini Twitter eco system uh are the people who are like you know just stop tying golf to housing developments like yeah. that's that's yeah, just not sure. gonna work yeah uh which is obviously easier said than done if you're if you don't have any skin in the development game it's probably a pretty easy way to make money in 1997 Go yeah ahead. no i was just gonna say final thought is to, to your point about you know building in remote places like we've seen at sweetens and you know, countless other places. If if it's good enough, people will find it. People will go. I think it's if it's good enough, a small number of people yeah, will go yeah. find it. Which, which hopefully that means a, yeah. a sustainable amount of people. Right. Um, but I think it kind of goes back to what we have here with Jack's Beach being like a unicorn, and that that land is valuable that it sits on. Like yeah. houses could go there easily, and we you can walk it for seventeen dollars during the week. And the city has done an amazing job renovating it, and so far a great job maintaining it. Like. That is like the the rarity and the unicorn in in golf and like Tron's article that he wrote in issue two of the Golfer Journal was just titled "It's the Munis, Stupid." Like yeah. figure out these Munis, and coincidentally enough, a, a year later, like this one opens up. And well, kinda... and that's what that's what's different too is I don't and I I certainly don't have a balance sheet in front of me, although it would all be public information, and we should be looking this stuff up probably. Uh, but when it's a municipal golf course and it's not set up as you know with an owner like hey i need to make a big ass profit on this right or i need to make x amount to make this worthwhile and it's really more of a break even or even a, a small loss or whatever where the the city can kind of say hey this is a cost that we pay in order to provide value to the citizens i mean that's just such a yeah it's such it's a wonderful different model than all of these places that are talked about in this article none yeah. of the, none of these are municipal golf courses that we're right. talking about here and that's exactly what i was going to say you know these these municipalities have to on a certain level operate as a business of course but you know at a, at a certain level and, and really i think at an important level they're they don't have to operate as businesses and so if you get leadership in place where you know the folks in charge i think about like the winter park golf course like yeah. god how how valuable must that land be well, but, look at look at the Chicago project too, the Tiger yeah. Woods, and it's the, kind of this weird public-private partnership thing. And I'm sure there's a million hornets' nests of, uh, but of if, issues if, that could pop up. But if a municipality is, is well like governed kind of going that and way. in a good place, uh, you know, fiscally, and, and they don't need to sell off assets like that, then yes, they can, you know, have a nice golf course that benefits everybody. Right. And yeah, it's it's very it's a multifaceted problem. It's fascinating. I I love talking about it. Are we ready to go to bullet two that we had laid out? Or, uh, so is this uh, now? Do we talk about Andrew Putnam? Yeah, I was just gonna say Andrew Putnam made two point four million dollars last year, and I guess he tied for fourth at the HSBC in the fall. This is the first time hearing first this. Time hearing but this. Um, also, just wanted to note that primetime golf is the best. It's awesome. I went out, I went out, played golf today, and made it home with time to spare before the coverage even started, and, and that's gone now. I mean, West Coast golf is still good. We've but, lost it. Um, can you guys get excited for the Desert Classic next week? Uh, honestly, yeah. short answer, no. Long answer, yes, because of things like 
the Fred X cup. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and like the full, X you know, having, having like a tiny amount of skin in the game, I think is, is super fun. I, I had a ton of fun watching the web tours back today. I yeah. had a ton of fun watching that. Um, so, we'll talk about that. In a so second. maybe yeah. I, I don't know, maybe, but I guess short answer is if I missed it, it, it probably yeah. also would be fine. Yeah. Can you tell me who won last well, year? Well, I think I'm making out my schedule. <laughs> I just like looked. A, it was John Ross. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm making out my schedule like a tour pro now. Like sure, I, I need to take my. I need my weeks off. Of I need course. my rest. I yeah, need yeah. my energy to peak at the right levels. Well, we got a big couple of weeks coming well, up. I was going to say. I mean, the the Folex series is is uh, lifting the lid on the Custard Cup. That's our, true. Our European uh, sub competition uh, in Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, I'm kind of jacked for. That'd yeah. be a fun. Tournament. Oh, that's 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 a good tournament, like opposite yeah. or a, a more exciting tournament, I think. Than uh, I used to get excited possible. about this tournament when it, it always used to be Mickelson's uh, annual oh. debut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now it's like, eh. yeah, <laughs> they still, they don't have a sponsor. The field is always kind of the. It's, if if I'm a if again if I'm an actual tour pro and making out my schedule, this is an easy one to skip. I think just with the pro am format, yeah. and it just seems a bit like it's 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 lost its way yeah i mean i think the only positive from where we sit is you know we tend to follow the really young guys and the rookies a lot closer probably and all of them will get into this field so Mm -hmm. that makes it fun maybe maybe you have you know young promising type guy uh kind of flash for a week and and get a win but yeah it's one of those i'm gonna i'm gonna let the leaderboard develop yeah, and then I'm going to exactly. make a, you know, I'm going to make a I'm, delayed decision. I'm come be very non-committal this Saturday week. afternoon, yeah, maybe yeah. even Sunday. That's yeah. exactly right. I'll be checking the app to see how some of those rookie sure. guys are doing, of but I, they're not showing those guys on TV for the most part. Um, I thought the coverage was really solid from what I watched of the Sony. Just the whole Hawaii vibe. I think they nail it pretty well, and um, just kind of they don't rush things. They just kind of let things develop. And this was a much different animal to kind of cover this event um then uh then kapalua obviously but i just always enjoy watching the hawaii stretch so yeah this week i thought was awesome i mean it was wyla is just a fun little golf course say, it looked like great it looked the awesome the, looked fantastic uh i don't i mean the changes doke has made to the golf course seemed super fun 17 mm-hmm. i know they i think softened the green a little bit more uh, i think a lot of guys complain that the redan was a little too redani uh last year but i thought it played awesome it was, it was cool to see all the greens play really firm it's cool to see um just a different kind of defense. I guess it's kind of neutralized on 18 when you put that fucking grandstand, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. like a half of a step off the back of the green. But it's like a wrestling ring. Like guys just yeah. like bouncing off the ropes yeah. and going back into play. <laughs> I thought for a comfy approach shot. Yeah. I thought the, the green last year at Y 17 green, I thought it actually was kind of, I, I didn't want to side with the players on that, but I thought like good, there was no difference between good and great shots. Like you had a great shot, it still like runs through, and I know yeah. people say, "Well, you're hitting the wrong shot." I don't think there was like an opportunity to some of those pins to use the slope to get it anywhere close to it. And it was cool last year, kind of, you know, first time being battle tested uh, for these guys. It was cool to see guys fire directly at the pin and get yeah ejected. That was sweet. But there wasn't really an option to get around that. There wasn't yeah. like you play it to the right and it's going to take it down. It just it was the- a, well. I think it was a lot of you play it to the right and it takes the slope down to to 12 feet yeah whereas if you hit it at the pin it might roll out to 30 feet right so i i don't know that it was going to take the slope and roll to six inches mm-hmm. um but which i'm again no one's no one's saying that you should be able to hit it close on a yeah. part three like i i, I kind of like that aspect of you know having guys position themselves past the pin to get back to a pin i think that's, a, that's something that guys should have to go through more often than they do on the pga tour but agree um man it's just kind of like 
I, I wonder if Wiley, some people are tweeting in, like, is Wiley outdated golf course for the PGA Tour? And I'm kind of like, it might be, like, the only golf course style for the PGA Tour. Short, there's really no par fives. I mean, I know they have two yeah. on the card, but, like, they're not, like, real par fives. So the Bombers don't have an advantage on those holes. Everyone can get to them. It's, yeah, it's driver wedge, but everything's driver wedge for these guys. So, like, having some of these really tough angles where you can't just take driver around the corner and hold the fairway. JT does that thing on 14 every year where he tries to to cut around the corner but like they commented on the broadcast today that you didn't want to do that because you on sunday because the pin was on the left side right and if you miss left you just simply can't get towards the pin i'm like man how often do you talk about that with a tee shot <laughs> yeah. on the pga tour and yeah. like at Wiley, the angles matter like mm-hmm. they, they actually do which is just a rarity on the on well and obviously they matter a lot more when the greens are firm too correct like, yeah. and uh yeah it's just it's I don't know. It's, it was it was a cool juxtaposition after last week too. I mean, I I think we would all you know if we had forty five wild eyes, we we would get sick of that too. Yes. So it is cool to see variants, and it's cool to see different setups and different. It's just yeah, that's it cool. Hawaii's yeah. great. You're yeah. you're right. It's very it's underrated. It's easy to easy to think of it as kind of a throwaway, uh, you know, kind of puff to start the mm-hmm. start the year. But yeah, it's it's genuinely pretty fun and 22 under winning like i i don't i don't care about that i i that never crossed my mind once while i was watching yeah. today like oh these guys are too, going too low the ball just goes too far the guys yeah. are gonna shoot low scores it's it's how it's gonna it's how it's gonna play out all year i mean um, the cut was the cut was what it was minus one under one under like what else you want That's, one a guy that was one off of that made his his season debut look at you with a segue. Debut. uh jordan spieth are we worried about jordan spieth <laughs> Uh, one, one question we had written in was uh, from Clay O'Neill: Does Spieth ever win again? <laughs> I love Twitter. I love it. Can I can I go on record and say yes? Oh, ah. you we were really gonna... to go on record. Wow. I mean, we're, I'm a little worried. Though, I'm a little worried. Honest. Yeah, it's not. This is a little different. Listen, I think. it's not good. Um, he he was grinding Friday. It was fun to watch him grind. Fun to watch him make some late birdies uh, to try to try to you know give one last grasp uh to uh to making the cut but some of the things he said God, thursday was were made me a little it was good. weird so i and i'm paraphrasing this a little bit but it was along the lines of that he was kind of faking it for a while and that part when parts of his game were great he didn't know why they were great and when they stopped being great he didn't know how to get it back there so then, my in my I'm Which, saying, hey, I can very much sympathize. Say, Whoa, you're speaking my language. I know. I hadn't thought of it that way. Of like, yeah, I don't know how I do, if I ever do things good, how I do them good. But so I, the faking it, he didn't. I don't think he said that word. That's kind of my own word. But that kind of made that's kind of describing faking it to me. And like, yeah, you don't really know. And it kind of seemed that way because he was not projected to be what he became very very quickly. No one looked at it like. There was rumors that like Nike or somebody I don't want to I don't want to uh, misquote that but again some kind of rumor like they looked at his TrackMan stats and were like no you're not you're not for us so, like he just didn't he didn't wow people he didn't blow people away with his you know basic stats and how he hit the ball and whatnot and he came out and won three majors very very quickly. Listen, uh, you know what TrackMan doesn't measure heart. <laughs> Isn't that right, Randy? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh <clears throat> so it seems like you got some stats on his putting for the for the week. I think he was he struggled in round one, but yeah, round one he was uh 136th in the field in putting. He lost two point eight shots on the field. And actually Friday he putted better. So I don't I you know it's I not a big issue, but <laughs> it's, it's a small sample size. Yeah. Two days, maybe yeah. the smallest sample size, but uh yeah, it's not it's I don't know. I, I was talking um 
did a golfer's journal podcast with Jeff Ogilvy and he was talking about kind of how different the game was when he was first on tour when he was young and the idea of he was almost like condescending when people didn't know what was going on with their swing. He's like, I don't like, I don't get how you guys are not in tune with your golf swing. Like it's, it's easy. Just swing it on plane. And like, you know, it's, it's simple. And he's like, as soon as that went away, I just golf became so unfun. And as soon as I had to start thinking about like, it's easy paraphrasing him, but he's like, it's, it's really easy to, to fake it and play damage control like that's most of mm-hmm. what you're doing he's like but the top 10 guys in the world are the only guys who are not doing that and those are the only guys who are swinging completely free they're not playing swing they're not worried about where it's going to go they're just playing golf and it is so fun when you're playing like that and for most of your career it is not like that and that's what a lot of those like speed quotes that's kind of what that reminded me of and not that he's you know at some point where golf is it was a drudgery or whatever mm-hmm. but uh, like I don't think it's totally ridiculous to say that 2015, like, yeah, that maybe that's that's as good as it gets, that's, man, and yeah. that's that's going to be, uh, you know, you're going to be, which I think we were searching that, searching for that for the rest of your career, and of course you'll have moments where you find it, but it might not be at that level for that length of time. Anything. I think it's some at some length we were saying that in 2015, <laughs> though, like we, you can't just expect guys to to. I hope nobody checks the this. tape on that because I well <laughs> I predicted eight majors for him. I, I do know that and four green jackets, which. You know what? I'm not backing down from that. Yeah. He could win five more majors, I think, for, for sure. sure. Um, oh, you I mean, to, how, get, how old is he? 25? Can I say I'm not really worried about him? Yeah, of course. <clears throat> and I don't have, you know, everybody can look at the stats on PGA.com. I, I will say his putting, you know, just in 2019, which is a small sample size, his, his putting is, you know, shots gained, ranked 62nd. And where he's, like, abominable is off the tee. He's 206 shot gain off the tee. Um, historically, that's been an area where he's been very good. I, I just think in a more macro sense, I, I think, and this is kind of me talking out of my ass a little bit, but a, a guy like him, when it has been so good for so long to start a career, you know, these 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 valleys are going to happen. And, and I think it, it's almost, I think he's the type of guy, or I hope he's the type of guy who, you know, a couple more performances like this or, you know, this this um, bad play continues on. It's just going to motivate him that much more. It, I, I almost look like, like I feel like this is going to be more of a catalyst for him to, to flourish. I, I don't know when that's going to be, but I, I'm not really worried about him. I hope so. I'm very uh, unabashed about saying he's, he's the on the very, very, very short list of players who, like, will make me tune in and drop what I'm doing to, to watch right now. Yeah, he sounded too. more confident as the week went along. But that's his play doesn't concern me as much as like some of his quotes where it's just kind of like feeling uncomfortable over the ball and like how it, the, that really lack of comfort that was creeping in. It's kind of like, ooh, that's not doesn't sound like a guy who's close and like I've been in a lab and working on this and I'm close. I just need to reps, blah, blah, blah. And that's which where it's kind of we make fun of that speak, but that is more much more reassuring. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say maybe he's just being too honest. Like well, I was going to say he could say that. Appreciate and you, that. You know, you, you might true. never know that he's just. Yeah. We'll take think, that. Well, I think he, yeah. The other thing to think is he's he's 25. Yeah. Also. I mean, if he was, if he's 37 saying this or, and he's got a career of scar tissue and all this stuff behind him, it's like, okay, maybe that's one thing. But yeah, he'll, I think, yeah. I think he'll figure it he, out. 
Like, I still think he's going to win the Masters. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's kind of a big, like, litmus test is, you know, we were saying uh, just sitting at the bar the other night. It's like, okay, well, he hasn't, look, he hasn't played very much. And maybe, you know, he got married. And maybe he's just been kind of kind of putting it away and relaxing for a while and trying to reset. And, and he's got some rust and blah, blah, blah. But, like, when Augusta gets here, if he, I think if he misses the cut at the Masters, that's, oh, yeah. we can we'll sound, panic. sound some alarms. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. We'll have a panic button ready. Uh, you got to watch a little bit of the web coverage today. A lot bit of the web. A lot bit. Yeah. Tell us what you saw. Uh, well, first of all, shout out to the whole crew on uh, the 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 production crew on the web.com tour telecast. It's always fun to watch. But uh, yeah, they did. I mean, we've the one thing I think we've been screaming for as fans is like, why don't people mic up players? Like this is such a it seems like such a no brainer. You don't even have to take it live. Just mic these guys up. Do a post-produced show at the end of the week of all the best audio blah 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 and for whatever reason this has never happened the reason everybody points to is like oh the players they're just not into it blah 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 i'm like well i'm not into not watching it so (laughs) make them get into it maybe you should make them get into (laughs) it. that's what the money's for for, guys uh so anyways a huge shout out to uh dan glod and uh the president of the of the uh trans hitter trans hitter dan glod uh and the whole crew on that and the people at golf channel the people at at the web.com tour who kind of pushed this through and today was their their pilot uh their pilot demo of this of miking up a uh, friend of the pod Mav McNeely. I was it was awesome. Like it was it it made it it was on for five minutes and I was like this is already this is already going to keep me longer than any telecast mm-hmm. last year would have. Uh, and it's so cool. It like I think the crystallization of it is it's so cool to hear the pre-shot talk and to hear him say, "Okay, my left boundary is this." My right boundary is the peak of that chimney on that house. My run out is this, blah, blah, blah. Lay out exactly in great detail what he's trying to do and then see if he can do it. Yeah. And you know, as a viewer, you know exactly what he was trying to do. You know if he if he did it or if he missed or if he pushed it or if he pulled it or if he chunked it or if he flushed it or whatever. And uh, it just, God, it just makes it so much cooler. And it, it, to put into perspective, again, consi- consistent with what we said about the match, do not expect these players mic'd up for the stories to just be incredible and exactly. to just be like all this incredible dialogue that goes on in the middle of a round. I can, I can count on one hand, the most, the interesting things I've heard players say during a round, like it just doesn't, it doesn't happen. But what you will hear is that what you just mentioned and how different that is than an announcer, like guessing what he's going to try to, well, he's just trying to hit the center of the green on this one. It's like, no, does the guy talking about the, the clips that I saw, he's like, is you think he's going to jump out of this lie? Yes. The caddy's like, uh, or didn't see it. They would, they didn't agree on it. Whatnot. I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. Super like, interesting. They're playing the same grass all week and they haven't and figured that's that out you, yet. Where you look at, you know, today it's, we're recording this on Sunday. Today was the first round of the tournament. And, it's really like you got to be a pretty big golf fan to get jacked up for round one <laughs> web.com tour telecast. And that is nobody's fault. That's just, I mean, that's the nature of the product. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you got to do everything you can to, to make, I'm, I'm as big a golf fan as I know. And you got to work pretty hard to like keep me, mm-hmm. keep me engaged on these things. And that to me is like such a no brainer of, of a way to do it. So I'm, Shout out to all of them that made it happen. They got Rico Hoey tomorrow, uh, another friend of the pod who's uh, going to be mic'd up tomorrow. It's yeah, it's going to be, it's just it's so cool. And I think like a couple things. I think the match is a huge. We kind of have to like dap them for. Th- that's kind of yeah. what we said going into it. Is like it's it's similar to the Fox U.S. Open stuff. 
where it's like golf is so reflexive where it's not going to change unless something else changes. Right. Unless something makes it change. And so, and something like the match is, you know, showing people, showing fans like, hey, it's technically very possible to mic players up. We just have chose not to do it. Which and makes fans get pissed about that. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's awesome that, you know, the match happened just for that reason because it, it pushes things ahead. Um, but I think to your point, what I don't want to... What I don't want to happen and what I think they, they kind of missed on if, if there was one critique, and obviously it's the first time they've ever done it, so this is a very yeah. soft critique, but it's not the stuff after the shot that I want to hear. Like, I don't want to hear them be like, oh, that was great. And it's like, yeah. you can you can tell if it was a good shot or not. What I want to hear is the stuff before the shot. And so there was a lot of times where they're like cutting to him while he's over the ball. And I'm like, well, I, I really would rather yeah. hear, you know, like, where is he trying to hit this or what's he trying to do? And so, um Hopefully more of that going forward. For myself and any other listeners, is this something they'll do throughout the year, or is this a test I was, uh, over a few weeks? I or? was trading some messages with uh, our man in the booth, Craig Perks, about this, and he said that they're hoping to do it uh, every round, um, awesome. definitely first two rounds, and then it's kind of just subject to player yeah. availability, which is a hard job, and, and getting a player to agree to that every single day is, is a tough ask. So. However... For any uh, any web players or any PGA Tour players that listen to this, I spoke a bit with Matt McNeely about yeah. it today. He said, the, and I'm paraphrasing this a bit, but the wire was no problem at all. It only crossed his mind when he was walking up in the fairway, and he may have to relieve himself in the bushes at one point. <laughs> uh, it says, guys that say it's a distraction, that's BS. I had fun with it today. So, again, the question, awesome. the, the question that people will say is, like, why would players want to do this? Why would they want to like?" Why, first of all, why would you want to do anything? Is the question. It's like, why would anybody yeah. want to come on this podcast? Why would you want to talk to the media at all? It's like, the, the what you can do for your own branding and giving people exposure, like giving your sponsors exposure and all of the things that would come with miking yourself up could be tremendous. And uh, any agents that would potentially shut this down is probably what prevents it from happening at the biggest level. And I'm here to say, like, that would be a giant mistake. Well, I think that, you know, the example that we used when we were talking about it in the context of the match and other players playing the match or like playing things similar to the match in these other exhibitions, even maybe like at the expense of a PJ tour event, the way I think of this, and maybe this is a little cynical is I think of like the best kind of like quote unquote mic'd up moment of the past couple of years was probably the Spieth go get that. Yeah. And it's something that is so easy to package package up into a little like, you mean the go get or, that or the Augusta conversation on 13. Well, no, we didn't hear that because the well, broadcast didn't show it. Well, but no, the go get that. And and it's just something that's yeah. so small and so like it's easy to package it up into a little a little video or a little gif or a little whatever. Uh, and I just the way the world works and I hate talking about like millennial tech stuff, but you love it. We, li- we live in such a world that it's such like bite sized yeah, disposable content that that is the only stuff that has the chance of like crossing over into something big. And that stuff, if you're mic'd up, like the chances of that stuff happening are they happen every day yeah. <laughs> where players are saying fun things or fun things are happening or people are holding out or whatever. And it just when you're mic'd up, it, the chances of capturing something like that and having something go hashtag viral is uh, so much greater. It And so hopefully people recognize that. The upside is yeah, I want so to, uh, far outweighs the downside. Like we spoke about earlier, people are entertained by personality. Yeah. Whether rooting for or rooting against. I mean, that's that's the lesson you take from any of the major sports. And the mic'd up stuff 
only would enhance that for professional golf. It's such yeah. a no-brainer. Dude, I watched uh, Baker Mayfield. Had, it's like 11 minutes and whatever the sound effects thing that they do on NFL, which yeah. is like something we've... It's like, all right, at the worst-case scenario with these guys, mic them up and get permission after the round or the we- the next week to make a highlight film. I think you can go back to 2014. We've said this on this podcast. like How something kind of sound effects show has not come about is mind-numbing. I watched Baker Mayfield... Wait, if you can get a microphone on a quarterback and he can get his ass leveled for an entire game and the mic stays there and you can still hear every word he's saying and you can have this highlight of at the end of the day of him, what he says to his teammates after a touchdown, how they celebrate. Like, are you kidding me? Imagine that. Like, or after the players, like how cool that would be. This is like your flagship event. I know you want to treat it like a major, but mic a player up for the players and make a highlight tape of it afterwards. Like I will watch that and we yeah. will celebrate the hell out of that. Like it's it's an absolute layup. But if they haven't, and maybe this is the the first domino to fall to make this actually a reality. So yeah, well that's I mean the web tour is always where they kind of test this stuff out. So yeah. hopefully that hopefully it means uh, you know the problem is that it probably means that we're going to see this on the PJ tour and. 2029 well something like that there's a tweet a great tweet we got from mash nl he said this is a great way for mav mcneely to increase his brand awareness a great way for us viewers to finally get more in on the action and a great way for the tours to stop being the puritan pussies they are and see an (laughs) f-bomb here or there will not hurt your brand we all win it's like, yeah, you're exactly right. I know yeah. it's as corporate of a sport as you'll find, but like, I don't even mind. It. I mean, I know we're saying this, but I, I wouldn't even mind if they like whitewashed the audio. Like, yeah. If you want to run it through a producer and that's going to like make more guys do it, open to doing this, like, fine. Sure. That's a concession I, I will make because eventually, by making that concession now, I think you'll eventually get to a point where it's kind of unfiltered later down the road. But uh, <laughs> let's just start with something. And they are starting with something. So kudos to them. All right, you ready for a few questions, and we'll wrap this. Sure. Yep. Uh, lightning, light night bolt, lightning bolt says, uh, explain the uh, MDF for those not familiar. I actually get this question kind of a decent amount. Do you guys know how, know how it works? Make cut did, did not finish. Yeah, right? correct. How does it work? Um, I I know there's you. <laughs> Good. <All right. laughs> it's People a secondary are, cut, yeah. but I don't know the exact number. You got to be in the top whatever after the third round, or else you know they they pay it out, but you don't get to play the fourth. Good. I'm I'm glad that you didn't know the answer because that, that justifies using this. But as I don't question. know. Yeah, no, if it varies right. tournament to tournament, I think it's when I think it's when more than seventy guys make the cut. When more than seventy eight guys seventy eight guys make so, the okay. cut. Okay, that's what I think I said. A second <laughs> cut to uh, limit it to top seventy and tie. So you still get money. Okay. You still get FedEx Cup points. But you don't play on Sunday. It's basically to kind of expedite play on so, Sunday. So it's always that uh, 78, 70? 78 to 70 to and ties. Okay. So it could go from That's 78 what I was unsure to of. 77 okay. or 80 to 77 or whatever it is. But... Um, yeah, that's basically to kind of yeah. You still you still get the points and everything, but you don't play on Sunday. <laughs> it's like you guys don't have to go home, but yeah. you got to get, get the hell out of here. Out of here. <laughs> Which kind of kind of dinged me on uh, Cam Champ on the the FedEx Cup got MDF this week. Oh, poor guy, <laughs> we really feel bad for you. Uh, Jared Joey Smith. Garber did too. Also, shout out to Neil's team. <laughs> Jared Smith CNY. After watching Big Randy's amazing made putt to win ninety six dollars, what's the largest pot someone has won on a hole? Also, what format were you playing to win ninety six dollars on? a hole that was wolfhammer and i can say for me that was the most i've ever won on a hole how nervous were you standing over that putt? Uh, i mean very nervous to answer the question <laughs> i knew i was nervous i mean i you. told you guys like 
as soon as I went along, I'm like, I know this is going to come down to whether I can make like a three or four foot putt. Like, and you bet on yourself. Absolutely. It's going to come down to it. And so it was just like waiting for it to get there. Okay. 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 <laughs> and then, you know, the moment arrived, I will say coming off the, 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 the face of the putter, I thought that I thought it was not going to go in. It was. <laughs> we all it, thought that. <laughs> it was. Sir. It was a miracle that it lived in on the low side. It kind of looked like the Space Jam putt, where they got the magnet underneath the green <laughs> yeah. and just dragging it around. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, people are. Many people are sliding the Instagram DMs to wonder if you've already abandoned the tabletop putting. You got a lesson from Michelle Wee. Right. I'd like to clarify that I haven't abandoned it, not by any means. I. I actually. I don't You're think I. Testing. Well, I, I haven't fully embraced it yet. I, I need to have a good. You know, playing wolf. <laughs> is not the right environment i don't think to to bust out a completely new putting technique so i, I want to have like how many different grips did you use during that like round? four <laughs> okay. i, I want defense rest yeah i, I want to go play a comfy you know 18 at jack's beach and and really you know test it out for a full round to okay see. Well, the, the the answer what's the largest pot you guys have seen on one hole or largest exchange on one hole the first one that came to mind for me was when on that same hole, I was going to Tim Aquana. Yeah, the next, our second eighteen of the day. That's probably for me the most. What was that one? It was like one hundred ninety six, I think. Who lost that one? No, you made the putt to no no blood. Oh, that's right. Had you oh, missed the yeah, putt? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I made a two hundred sixteen dollar putt or something okay. like that. But I've seen Steve Wheatcroft shoot sixty five at Tim Aquana and lose four hundred and fifty dollars on one hole because he went alone on a par three. And two people made birdie against him. He lost ten dots for five dollar dots, which if you go alone, it triples. It makes it fifteen dollar dots, and you got to pay each person. So he lost one hundred fifty to each person. So it was four fifty, and he was stunned by how much. I was like, dude, you got. I like made him sign a waiver before he went alone, uh, and he didn't. He didn't listen, and he got uh, he got dotty peppered. So that's the most I've seen on one hole is four fifty, <laughs> and the guy shot sixty five. <laughs> It was wonderful. I'll say, yeah. It was glorious. <laughs> Wolfhammer can escalate quickly. Yeah, it it's... gets out of control. If you go alone in those last, that's what, big ups to Randy for going alone. Once the dot value goes up in those last three holes, it's like strongly advised not to go alone. <laughs> but you were the only guy to hit the green. You were that's, the wolf. I did not go alone after I hit. Right. I, I went alone after seeing all you guys miss the green and not in the greatest of spots. Yeah. So it was like, okay, I either got to yeah. now or never to bet on myself. <laughs> And I canned it, you know, I, I rocked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just laughed. <laughs> Your reaction after that putt. If you guys haven't seen it, go to Twitter. It's on our on our Twitter feed. It's it's definitely worth your time. Uh, Jack Bergstrom asks, if someone asked me to tend the flag now, can I tell them to go to hell? <laughs> Solly kind of made a, I, I don't know if this was, you yeah, know, just no, because you fine. were amongst friends. We can go public with confidentiality, this. but yeah, Solly was kind of. Experiment. I think he's kind of. I'm he's kind of sniffing around the yeah. old uh, leave oh. the flag stick in idea. Listen, I've been struggling with putting a little bit lately. I left it in for Searching. a couple couple birdie putts, and it it uh, it gave you a little something to aim for, and it gave you a little bit sense of confidence that it's going to hit that stick and stay in. So, it the effects are going to be minimal. Let's just be honest. But like I tried it, and it I didn't die, so like, I will <laughs> probably try it again. I, I'm a fan of the down, you know, the downhill thirty footers. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, you might I think well. it makes sense. But I, yeah. yeah, it's it's it doesn't. I, I certainly I I would take issue with you know whatever his his language was there and uh, <laughs> calling someone names because of it. I think it's. Uh, but whatever. his point, the annoying thing now is when you're on the green. Do you want it in or out? Like that is annoying. Bryson is, had a good one. I don't know if it was this. I think it was this week. I don't know if it was this week or last week when uh, he had like he he had a lag putt to, you know, 
six inches or a foot or something. And the broadcast is kind of like when the mics are hot, but then they transition away. So you can still hear what's going on, but you're seeing like a leaderboard or something. And you could hear Bryson say, okay, can you, can you put the flagstick back in? And you could, you couldn't see the look that whoever's caddy gave him, but all you could hear was him. Yo, no, no, no. I was just kidding. No, 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 no. Guys, it was a joke. Guys. Hey, no, no, no. I, guys, come on. I was just kidding. Yeah. And it was, it was funny to just, a like okay maybe he's got a sense of humor about it and b like people don't think he has a sense of humor about it which was kind of a funny little moment bryson's the <laughs> mike best. by the way mike the players yeah uh joe watson 23 cameron champ is looking more human as the fields get stronger what do you expect from him this season could he contend for a major or is that a stretch first of all he's like top 10 in the fedex cup like i don't think yeah I mean, that's definitely not a stretch getting weaker and no. the whole point is like the tour sets up so incredibly well for a player of his style. And we haven't even like really got to that stretch of the, of the, I mean, Kapalua. Yeah. You guys hit it 400 yards out there, but I don't think it's like a bomber's paradise out there. No, it's kind of a misconception. Yeah. Zach Johnson's one out there. Like it's not that, that, uh, no, I'm not concerned at all with cam champ. Uh, he's going to, he's going to do just fine on the PGA tour. Uh, Ryan Moss, what's the biggest mistake or regret for no laying up the last couple years? Anything you would change? It's a good question. It is a good question. I'd say there's been a lot of learning moments. There's definitely things you know you've written. You just learn like, all right, well, we can't go down that alley because one, it's just not the right platform for it, or two, that's not our area of expertise. And like, I've learned a million of those lessons, and it leads to just saying less things, to be honest. But I don't know if we, I don't know if we would openly admit to like what our <laughs> biggest regret is either. Like, I feel like that might. We might in, have to put this behind the paywall. Yeah, that yeah. might put us in legal trouble. It's on our Patreon page. <laughs> Which we don't have, by the way. Um, gosh, I don't know. That's a really good question. It might be. Is it? F- I feel like that deserves a better answer than I'm going to be able to give. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we can table on the this spot one. here. We can, yeah. I did not prep you guys for that question. No, Sorry, didn't. I forgot. We can we can table that one for for another day. There's plenty we would change. Yeah, I would I would give maybe a, a cheesy answer, but you know, I think we I we should have bet on ourselves and jumped in earlier. Yeah. Maybe full time, but. I don't know. That's yeah. that's kind of a bad answer. We might have screwed it know. up though. Like we, we, All right. That's I I don't know. That's I, I don't have question. a good answer. I would, yeah, it's a good question. One uh big regret of the past year is I would have stayed at that hotel in Cullen for about two days. Yeah, the uh yeah. I always want to call it the Dolphin Hotel, but it's not I don't the think Dolphin. That's it's like the Royal Cullen Hotel yeah, yeah, or something. I think so. Uh J.R. Watkins says, How do you guys only have seventeen thousand followers on YouTube? It's a good question. Hey, listeners, there's a lot more than, <laughs> than that than listen to this podcast. Go subscribe to our YouTube yeah, channel. We yeah. do a lot of stuff on there. Taurus Sauce is almost done. Oh, Tuesday, we are posting the final God. episode. Yeah. And uh, we have a special treat on Wednesday, which will be the debut of No Laying Up's Wild World of Golf. Uh, I can't what can explain you say? it to people, but I just... I've never been more confident than something that, it's gonna, that people will enjoy. And I think that... What's going to be really, really fun about this is, I mean, we can let pull back the curtain a little bit. I mean, it's it's built out. It's a nine-hole match. It's built out pretty much exactly like a telecast, uh, <laughs> like a broadcast. It's pretty lengthy. It's about an hour or so, so, so carve out some time. Uh, but we're going to put it live at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night, and uh, which Wednesday is what, the 16th? 
I, and I think the way YouTube works, we're going to do like a YouTube premiere. So it's going to go live exactly at eight o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time. And there's a, a chat room you can you can join while you're watching it live, while everybody's watching it live for the first time. And I think this my favorite thing about Nulling Up is uh that the fans are all way as a group just like way smarter and funnier and more clever and more well-read and just have better jokes than any of us for sure yeah. so being in the chat room while people are just live roasting yes. everything is the most fun it, it is, really is so 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 fun and there trust me there is a lot to roast and in we're wild, gonna, in yeah, wild yeah. world of golf. We're going to do a live show that leads into the premiere just because we are that excited about it and we want to do a lot of these in the future. And uh, so, yes, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, January 16th. And let's go launch them. All right, last one from Poosh Daddy. Uh, what is your favorite shot in golf? So is he saying like what like your favorite shot to play like your to favorite execute, like I think. your favorite I think like so. type of shot or I your favorite so. like the second shot at X course hmm. both both <laughs> Oof. yeah I was thinking of my kind f- of like type of shot but my favorite shot to play is one that I just put in the bag last year uh, a little tip from uh, Luke Guthrie friend of, friend of the program basically anything inside kind of like sixty yards when you have the wind blowing in. It's kind of almost like a tennis drop shot with a pitching wedge. You just kind of cut straight across it and try to basically like two hop it. And it's going to into the wind. It's going to spin like crazy and just stopping it right next to the hole. It's oh, it's like the craftiest, most fun shot. I couldn't hit any wedges in Scotland. So that was an extremely useful. We've seen useful shot to hit. <laughs> Big Randy. Is it a three foot left to right putt? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think my favorite type of shot to hit is. A downhill uh, running uh, pitch shot. So a lot yeah. that we saw in Scotland. Like mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Number Ely. Number 10 at Ely. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, you, you kind of boned me on that cold. But that's... Well, yeah, we're, we're, you know, it's a little creativity. It's kind of seeing, having a feel for how much it's going to run, where to play it, and, and then just getting to watch it, yeah. um, watch it develop. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah, that's my favorite. I'm, the first thought that came to mind was like having a mid to long iron into like a back left pin where there's trouble left and just like slinging a draw in there. Like you have room, right. But just like seeing how, how much, how ballsy you want to get with it. Kind of like just the sixth, uh, sixth hole at Timaquana. That approach is always like yeah. drawing mm-hmm. into that par five, just slinging like a five or four. That was 16 year old DJ's favorite shot to yeah. hit. And uh, can't hit 31 year old DJ has extreme anxiety about that <laughs> yeah. shot. I was thinking, is it 13 at Jack's beach would be right up your alley or is it 14, the par three? Yeah, fourteen. If they yeah. put that yeah, flag yeah. back left, definitely. Yeah, update definitely. on the birdies. Birdie every hole at Jack's Beach bet. Tron actually birdied that one the other day. Yeah, he banked a, a couple. That's, that's a, a big, big one. one. That's mm-hmm. a big one. That was an easy front pin. That was a nice day. It to was get, a good to day to get birdie. it. So the way we he decided, rolled in like a forty footer, yeah, the fringe too. Yeah, and update. I guess for the people, the way we decided to do it is you just have to do it in twenty nineteen. You have to birdie every hole at Jack's Beach. Yeah, so there's no handicapping or anything. It's it's just exactly got to do it. And we're gonna buy some poster board and we're gonna have a tracker where people cross off the numbers. Um, or the holes as they do it. And then if you don't do it, you owe a hundred bucks to the pot and any money in the pot at the end of the year, we'll just all go out and party or have a dinner and drinks or whatever. You guys are scummy. You're making me have to Eagle the part. And then we added the Solly, the Solly addendum. Solly has to Eagle all the part fives. It's gross. So, 
All right. That was longer than we were planning to go. It's usually how these things go. But I uh, hope everyone has a good week. And uh, working on a, on a little longer form podcast that uh, should be out in the, in the coming weeks. It's gonna that sounds exciting. This should be exciting. It's going to be fun. And uh, we're going we're gonna to keep cranking these things out. And meanwhile, get to the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Watch the videos as we wrap Taurus Sauce. Strap is coming back. Strap is coming back. Wild World of Golf. Wild World of Golf. Wednesday, 8 p.m. Let's do it. YouTube.com slash no laying up. Cheers. 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 Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect.